perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible, from the beginning to the end. The common misunderstanding by many Christians today about faith is that it is a trust in some kind of magical potion or power and that if we could work up enough of this mysterious substance or feeling or whatever it is, we could do anything. This widespread misconception is common among non-Christians as well as Christians. Faith is a very important word in Christian life. The word is found on almost every page of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Faith is the means by which we receive everything from God. Hebrews 11 verses 6 makes this very clear. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This should be crystal clear to us. It is not difficult to please God. It is impossible to please Him. It cannot be done without faith. Without faith, we can receive nothing from God. Without faith, all the promises of the Scriptures are invalid. In the podcasts about the Bible, from the beginning to the end, by the time we reached the New Testament, we had learned about the person of Jesus Christ, who He is and what He does. The Gospels and the Book of Acts are a presentation of the person of Christ. The letters which follow are the explanation of Jesus Christ. These letters fall into three major groups. The first group, from the letter to the Romans through to Galatians, explains the concept of Christ in you, the hope of glory, the way by which God intends to fulfill human life. This is only possible as man discovers Christ in themselves, the hope of glory. The second group, from the letter to the Ephesians through to Philemon, explains the wider truth of you in Christ. In other words, every one of us in the body of Christ sharing together the same life. Laid out in this group of letters is the tremendous truth of the church. Finally, the third group of the New Testament letters, from Hebrews through to Jude, presents what faith is, how faith works, and what faith does. The letter to the Hebrews is all about faith. The problem with most of us is that we are looking at our faith and trying to analyze it. We think that if we can understand exactly what faith is, we can somehow produce it or reproduce it but faith is produced only as we set our eyes upon the facts on which faith rests. When we look at the facts, faith comes very naturally. The amazing thing is that it is the easiest thing in the world for a human being to do, and that is to believe. I am sure that you have heard people say, I just can't believe, but that is the one thing that human beings by their very nature are able to do. The proof of this is found in the verse that I read to you earlier, Hebrews 11 verses 6. This is the minimum level of faith that any believer requires. 
I am of the opinion that the greatest faith we will ever exercise at any time is the faith we exercise as an unbeliever to believe in Jesus Christ. No greater faith is needed. Faith is the one thing necessary for our life and our fulfillment for salvation. If we do not draw near to God, we cannot be saved. Therefore, if faith is not possible to any human being, then no one will be saved and redeemed. But this is not true. Every human being can believe. Our nature is made to believe. We were made to be dependent creatures. We are continually relying on something else. So what is belief? If you are sitting in a chair, you believe it will continue to hold you up. If you are under a roof, you believe it is well enough supported and is not going to break and fall on you. Faith is the most automatic response of the human spirit. The problem with faith is that we need to fix our attention upon facts because human nature always follows the same process. It is impossible for us to prove anything completely before we experience it. All we can do to understand anything is to try it, to test it and to put our weight upon it. This we do continually all day long. This is the process of believing. When we come to the letters of Hebrews through to Jude that focus on faith, we find the same process is followed. The letter to the Hebrews should have a subtitle of What is Faith? Hebrews illustrates faith using the lives of Moses, Joshua, Melchizedek and Aaron. But what faith is not is also there as well. Hebrews explains that faith is simply an awareness that there are invisible realities which we can't experience with our five senses, but we are convinced they exist by the evidence brought before us. When we come to that level of knowledge concerning these facts, we are expected then to test them and to try them. Our only other alternative is to draw back. The whole book of Hebrews is written to warn us what happens if we draw back and don't make the test. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, there is a record of men and women who did exercise faith, and they always did it very simply. Only a few of these characters could be called leaders or heroes. Many of them were common, ordinary people, just like you and me. In every case, they were aware of certain facts, and though they could not prove these facts completely, they became so convinced by the evidence that was presented to them that they were willing to put it to the test. Look at what Hebrews 11 verses 8 says. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Abraham could not prove where he was going, but having received the word from God, which he could not deny, it became overpowering evidence, and he ventured out on a journey that took him to a place by which all that had been promised became available to him. That is all that faith is. We strengthen our faith, not by looking at faith itself, but by concentrating on the facts upon which faith must rest. 
Romans 10 verses 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. The word of God always awakens faith. That is the amazing thing about the Bible. As we read it and study it and think about it, we become convinced in our hearts and say to ourselves that this must be true. Immediately afterwards, there is also doubt. All of us experience this. There is nothing wrong or abnormal with doubt or doubting. It is part of faith. It goes with faith. We say, yes, it must be true. And an inner voice says, but maybe it isn't as well. When we are in this position, we can discover no further evidence until we venture. Faith is simply that willingness to venture, to rely on what God has said and to step out upon that. And then the answer comes, the proof follows invariably, and that is the entire record of Scripture. You might have noticed that I have talked a lot about the subject of faith in order to help you see more clearly what faith is as we go through the rest of these faith letters. Hebrews 11 verses 1 states, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But what brings the conviction to have faith? Simply, the Word of God has a remarkable quality that rings a bell in our hearts and says, This is true. That is all. We have the evidence of those who ventured before us and give a testimony to us that what they ventured upon was found to be trustworthy. Hebrews 12 verses 1 says in encouragement, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we are continually being encouraged to venture out in faith. If the letter of Hebrews explains what faith is, then the letter of James is about what faith does. The letter of James is a very practical book. James was the brother of Jesus in the flesh. Yet the amazing thing about the letter of James and the letter of Jude, who is also a half-brother of our Lord, is that there is no mention of the human relationship with Christ at all. Neither James nor Jude thought of themselves as special or privileged because of their family relationship with Jesus. Jesus was the Son of God, and they recognized Him as such. In his letter, James explains to us what faith does. The key to this letter can be found in James 2 verses 26. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. All that James is telling us is that it is really not faith until you have ventured. Saying that we believe something is not faith. Using the example of believing that a chair will hold you if you sit on it, it is not faith when you say, I know that the chair will hold me. You can stand there all night and say, I know that the chair will hold me, I believe that it will, I have confidence that it will, I am certain that it will, but that is not faith. It is only a mental conviction. Faith is when you go over and sit down on it. This is what James is saying. It is not faith until you have tried it, until you have ventured on it. So James says that faith that does not venture is dead. 
when faith does venture, it will accomplish certain things. It will stand up under temptation. It will not show respect for persons. It will be kind and responsive to the needs of those around about. It will watch its tongue and what it says. It will cause strife and jealousy and bitterness and envy to cease among Christians. It will teach patience and prayer. All through the letter of James, you will find the most practical things resulting from the venture of faith. We now come to the letters of Peter, which is all about the testing of faith. The two letters of Peter come from the impulsive disciple who declared that he would never deny the Lord, and Peter was perfectly sincere when he said that. Look at Luke 22 verses 33. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. But as Jesus warned him, Peter betrayed the Lord with a curse and denied him three times before the cock crowed. But what did Jesus tell Peter he would do in Luke 22 verses 32? But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. When we read the letters of Peter, we find that this is exactly what he is doing. Peter is strengthening his brethren in the midst of the trial of faith. The things that put our faith under stress are trials and testing, that is tempering, hardship and suffering, strange things which happen to us, and unusual catastrophes. These things make us fearful, and when this occurs we ask, why? Peter answers that question in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 to 7, and this is the key verse of the two letters. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So why do these things happen? Faith makes us part of the life of Jesus Christ. When we try to reach the people in this lost and rebellious world, we will experience pain, suffering and heartache. There will also be a willingness in that love to put up with rejection and rebuke and yet still follow after them. Peter says in his two letters that in the hand of the Lord, we are instruments by which he fulfills the work that he does in this world. Colossians 1 verses 24 explains this. Paul says here, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. This is the reason for the tests of faith, and is the answer why faith suffers. There is no limit to the mighty promises that we can see fulfilled in our own lives when we begin to step out upon them. After the lessons of James and Peter, we come to the three letters of John, and they teach us to discover how faith works. The key verse to the three letters of John is in 1 John chapter 3, verses 23, and that says, And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. This is how faith works. 
As a believer, you are continually and constantly taking steps of faith. You are not to stop, you are not to rest, or to think that you can reach a level of accomplishment and qualify to get your degree or diploma of faith. In the three letters of John, he paints three key themes, light, love and life. In the first letter of John especially, this will take the form of walking in the light, first of all, manifesting love, second, and reflecting the life of Christ, third. In 2 John, the theme is the truth. In 3 John, it is obedience in the position of responsibility and leadership. So faith works by continual walking, step after step after step. The last in this group of letters is the little letter of Jude, and this focuses upon the dangers to faith. Right at the beginning of the letter, which is only one chapter long, is a very interesting fact. When Jude sat down to write it, he was planning to write on something else. Verse 3 says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Paul had already written on that subject in the letter to the Romans. It was not necessary for Jude to write on it. So when he began to write, the Holy Spirit guided him differently, and he ended up writing about contending for the faith. In this letter, we find the subtle dangers which will undermine faith and keep it from venturing on the promises of God. Here are the dangers that Jude talks about. Liberalism, that is, the desire to have your own way. Immorality, greed, false authority, and divisiveness or causing division. Jude finishes up his letter by calling all believers to persevere. He says in verses 20 and 21, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Building yourselves up is the key. Praying in the Holy Spirit is the exercise of faith, just like an athlete trains and exercises. Keeping yourselves in the love of God, again, is an active exercise of faith, and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life is our hope and patience in the face of the opposition towards our faith. These two verses of Jude clearly tell us that there must be a continual exercise of faith. Jude exhorts us to be strong in faith, not by looking at our faith, but looking at the great facts which God has set before us. When we meditate on these facts which God himself has uttered, a God who cannot lie, and as we remember how many others have stepped out upon these promises and found that they work, and we read about what God has already placed in human history for us to discover, we find that an urge to venture is awakening within us. Then we can do it. That is the test of faith. When you feel a sense of being led to try it, dare to do it, then respond. Hebrews 4 verses 2 tells us how. For good news came to us, just as to them 
but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. This is the great complaint which God had against his people. God proclaimed this mighty fact, the gospel, but it didn't do any good because they didn't respond when faith was awakened with them. They didn't venture out upon it. So don't try to examine your faith to see how much or how little you have. Look at the facts. Look at what Scripture says is true and read it again and again. Study it and then there will come that awareness that says, well, it is worth a venture anyway. Let me try it. It sounds as if it might work. Then you venture, and when you venture, you have the fact. And when you have the fact, then you have the proof. That is the message of faith that can be found in the letters of Hebrews through to the letter of Jude. This is David Wells, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast of the Bible, From the Beginning to the End. Episode 20.